Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 163. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing to you. Today I want to just discuss something relative to a teaching that I heard. It was was a short thing, just a clip uh, through social media that someone had shared. But um, I found myself thinking on it for a period of time and navigating what uh, really what I would how I processed this information so I, I found it I found where I landed on it to be enlightening so uh, I pray that it's helpful to you and uh, causes you maybe to search and think uh, before, though, we get started, I do want to say a special hello to uh, all the friends in the United Kingdom. I thank you for um, faithfully uh, every episode being um, being hungry to listen uh, to what is coming out of this particular podcast. And so I'm thankful for what God is doing there among you. Um, and even though you know, we are separated from quite a distance, we... Uh, we can connect through this media, and I'm appreciative for that and thankful for you in the UK to uh, take the time to, uh, to to tune in with us on this. So I uh, thank you for that. So this particular thing that popped up on my social media feed that someone had shared, it was a teaching by a particular pastor. Now, um, I'm not going to share his name because I don't. It's not about him. It's about the thought. Um, it's about the teaching, and it's about what. How do you navigate processing what a a teacher may teach, and um, and so I'm going to just leave his particular name out of it. Um, he is a a person of influence, has been a person of influence for a number of years, had um, major successes and major shifts in his own ministry. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, upon listening to this, I I found myself checking it. And he makes this statement that love is free. That is to say, we are to freely love People, we are, um, we are to give that away. Um, in, but he said, trust is earned, and and that we treat people differently based on their behavior, and because different people may be in fact bad for relationship. That's to say. Some people you may know or be connected to may be good for you in relationship with them, and some may not be. So we would treat people differently in that regard, you know, letting them in closer, uh, keeping them more at arm's length, so to speak. So I, I hope I'm I'm doing 
that justice. I will say this, though. Um, I do understand and I do appreciate what it is to take something in in its full context. So I'll say that as as a disclaimer as well. I, I did listen to a, a, a short clip, but um, so in all fairness, it is there is a possibility that perhaps I'm um, not gathering the full context of what uh, this pastor was saying, this teacher was saying. So um, I'll just disclaimer that. But I did listen to a couple minutes worth to gather some of his statements. And so I just want to kind of chew on some of what he said, and I think it would be beneficial for us uh, listening and you know pursuing, trying to earnestly pursue the things of God, navigating uh, truth. And uh, I know that's a that's a that's a major statement. Uh, to to navigate truth, how does one navigate truth? Um, only by the help of the Holy Spirit, um, but doing so in humility, uh, not not allowing ourselves to be proudful, to to think that we are the source of answers and we can uh, figure out what is true. It's purely by the the help, the assistance of of the Spirit of God leading us and helping us. But any anywho, so this is, that's the statement, that love is free, but trust is earned. And he adds that we are all made in God's image and his likeness, and that we are to love people, and we are to love them freely, but that they, in essence, must work or earn our trust. Now, at face value, when I listened to that, I thought, sure, that makes logical sense. There are people who are toxic for relationships that we don't need to be closely connected to. And also, we can't just allow ourselves to be exploited or become a doormat for other people to use us. So, sure, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That seems logical and very reasonable. But I became somewhat discontented with that feeling and felt this urging to further inquire of that thought to see what what comes as the root of that thought. And so as I navigated that, I began I found the question in me that asked what is the root of keeping people so to speak at arm's length. Now, just in trans, you know, transparency, I f- I find myself doing that very thing with some people that I am connected to, keeping people at arm's length. And having having people to we say work for our trust so what is the root of such things of that kind of behavior keeping people at arm's length uh 
creating a culture of them earning your trust. Well, as I began to process that, um, I first go to, well, you're afraid of getting hurt. You are guarding yourself. You're protecting yourself or you're hedging your bets. But in a word, you're afraid. Now, a big, strong man who is a manly man and a self-sufficient man would be very hesitant or, dare I say, even unwilling to admit that the source of the hesitancy in trust is actually from fear. That would not get a welcome invitation. But it is a protection mechanism. You are protecting yourself from disappointment, from embarrassment, from being harmed. It's a protection mechanism. It's the fundamental nature of fight or flight. There is a danger present, and so requiring people to earn your trust is a protection mechanism. Now, what is protecting or what is protection guarding against harm? So let's put it this way. If if you had a child in the same room with you, just this child, a small child in a room with you, would you have the same guardedness as you would if, let's say, a unconvicted criminal with no one around and you're carrying $10 million? You know, this dangerous criminal that has the freedom, the ability, the uh, wherewithal to put you in a very bad situation. If if you are in a in the same room with both in both scenarios with a small child or this dangerous criminal, would you be as guarded against the small child as you would this criminal? Well, of course not. But why? Because you're not afraid of the little child. So where there is harm potentially, there is guardedness. And where there is guardedness, that is the result of fear. Now, the Bible has much to say about trusting in the Lord, much to say, actually, it's riddled throughout the New and the Old Testament. There's really no question there. But when one begins to ask the question of what does the Bible say about trust, when we search, and we should, you you find much about it saying trusting in the Lord, but not so much trusting in people. Now, there is a secondary emphasis here on 
if you trust in the Lord, then naturally it follows that if you're trusting in people above the Lord, then you have a biblical problem. So what am I saying by that? If, we, if our trust is to be placed in the Lord, if we allow someone to take the place of that supreme trust, then we have put ourselves in a predicament because we're violating Scripture. Our ultimate, our ultimate trust should be found in the Lord. So that's pretty clear based on the inherent commands of trusting in the Lord. But what does, does the Bible say about trusting in man? Well, as I said, not much, really. Not as much, at least. And more so, though, not from the context of do not put your faith or trust or hope in man, but put it in God. That's more so the, the context of what we find. But when we more closely inspect, okay, what about the root issue, though, if we believe it to be fear as the culprit of causing us to be guarded against other humans, if we put the root of that issue as fear as the culprit in making us, or rather in making people earn our trust— now, the Bible has much to say about fear. If fear indeed is the root of this teacher, pastor's counsel, then we have fallen into bad counsel. For example, um, in 1 John, I think it's chapter 4, verse 18, it says that there is no fear in perfect or there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears they have not been perfected in love so he says that this teacher says to love everyone equally but do not trust equally. So if fear is the culprit at play, then has he wrongly defined the capacity or the capability of love? Because remember, there is no fear in love. Because what is it? Perfect love casts out fear. So if we love freely then we should be casting out fear, which should puts us, it, it begs the question, if we love rightly, then we should not be living our lives guarded against those that we think are untrustworthy, and therefore we force them to earn our trust. So do you see how that um, really goes counter to that First John scripture? So I would just end this to say I believe this advice that he gives, it sounds reasonable. It makes sense. It's very practical. 
but there's something missing. I believe that it falls into the category of what we read. I think it's David, King David's advice uh, to Solomon that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the way therein is death. I believe uh, that this teacher's advice is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is disconnected from life. And as hard as it is to give your trust to someone, because we as humans, as creatures, we are filled with disappointment and we fully disappoint others. Even Christians are full of shortcomings and failures that we must navigate, that we must allow the Lord to lead us through. But if we were to apply that same principle to the life of our Lord Jesus, how would that have changed how he conducted his life? If it was okay to keep people at arm's length because they haven't proven themselves trustworthy yet, the twelve disciples were constantly letting Jesus down, disappointing him in the sense that they were not measuring up. Now, don't don't take that too hardly. I'd, I, I'd love to be able to fully comprehend Jesus' emotions in in the moments of his in in the moments of his ministry so i know it is a bit presumptuous of me to to think that jesus was disappointed um, so but but allow me some some flexibility here the disciples very often did not measure up but if we if we allowed that same prerogative, if Jesus kept them at a distance because they were not trustworthy, how would that have changed the story? I mean, just consider that the night before Jesus was crucified, they're arguing over which disciple is the greatest of the others. Talk about the very definition of missing the point. But if Jesus did that very thing and didn't treat the disciples in a way in which he saw their potential, but he kept them at arm's length because of how they would fail him, how much different could the story have been? I think this advice does not line up with the person of Jesus, and neither does it line up with the basis of perfect love casting out fear because being guarded is to keep people at arm's length. And I believe to be rooted in fear. So I hope, I hope that sheds a little light on this question of freely loving and earning trust. So I hope, I hope that helps. I hope that gives you something to, to chew on. And I thank you very much again for taking the time to join me. And we will see you on the next one. God bless. If it means that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with